Chapter Twenty Six of Callista by John Henry Newman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. What can it all mean? Were the origin of Juba's madness, or whatever the world would call it, of a character which admitted of light writing about it, much might be said on the surprise of the clear-headed, narrow-minded, positive, and easy-going Jucundus when he found one nephew substituted for another and had to give over his wonder at agellius in order to commence a series of acts of amazement and consternation at juba he summoned jupiter and juno bacchus ceres pomona neptune mercury minerva and great rome to witness the marvellous occurrence and then he had recourse to the infernal gods pluto and Proserpine, down to cerberus if he be one of them but after all there the portent was in spite of all the deities which olympus or arcadia or latium ever bred and at length it had a nervous effect upon the old gentleman's system and for the first evening after it he put all his good things from him and went to bed supperless and songless what had been juba's motive in the exploit which so unpleasantly affected his uncle it is of course quite impossible to say whether his mention of callista's name was intended to be for the benefit of her soul or the ruin of agellius's must be left in the obscurity in which the above narrative presents it to us so far alone is certain though it does not seem to throw light on the question that on his leaving his uncle's house in the course of the forenoon which he did without being pressed to stay he was discovered prancing and gesticulating in the neighbourhood of callista's prison so as to excite the attention of the apparitor or constable who guarded the entrance and who alarmed at his wildness sent for some of his fellows and with their assistance repelled the intruder who thereupon scudding out at the eastern gate was soon lost in the passes of the mountain to one thing however we may pledge ourselves that juba had no intention of shaking even for one evening the nerves of jucundus yet shaken they were till about the same time twenty-four hours afterwards and when in that depressed state he saw nothing but misery on all sides of him juba was lost agellius worse of course he had joined himself to his sect he should never see him again and how should he ever hold up his head well he only hoped agellius would not be boiled in a cauldron or roasted at a slow fire if this were done he positively must leave sicca and the most thriving trade which any man had in the whole of the proconsulate and then that little callista ah what a real calamity was there anyhow he had lost her and what should he do for a finisher of his fine work in marble or metal she was a treasure in herself altogether the heavens were very dark and it was scarcely possible for any one who knew well his jovial cast of countenance to keep from laughing whatever his real sympathy at the unusual length and blankness which were suddenly imposed upon it while he sat thus at his shop-window which as it were framed him for the contemplation of passers-by on the day of the escape of agellius and the day before callista's public examination aristo rushed in upon him in a state of far more passionate and more reasonable grief he had called indeed the day before but he found a pleasure in expending his distress upon others 
and he came again to get rid of its insupportable weight by discharging it in a torrent of tears and exclamations however at first the words of both moved slow as the poet says and went off in a sort of dropping fire well said jucundus in a depressed tone he's not come to you of course who agellius oh agellius no he's not with me then after a pause aristo added why should he be oh i don't know i thought he might be he's gone he's been gone since early morning indeed no i don't know where he is how came he with you i told you yesterday but you have forgotten i was sheltering him but he's gone for ever indeed and his brother's mad horribly mad and he slapped his hand against his thigh i always thought it answered aristo did you uh, oh yes so it is but it's very different from what it ever was the furies have got hold of him with a vengeance he's frantic oh if you had seen him two boys both mad it's all the father i thought you'd like to hear something about dear sweet callista said her brother yes i should indeed answered jucundus by esculapius they're all mad together well it is like madness cried aristo with great vehemence the world's going mad answered jucundus who was picking up since he began to talk an exercise which was decidedly good for him we are all going mad i shall get crazed the townspeople are crazed already what an abominable brutal piece of business was that three days ago i put up my shutters did it come near you all on account of one or two beggarly christians and my poor boy what harm could two or three toads and vipers though they be do here they might have been trodden down easily it's another thing at carthage catch the ringleaders i say make examples the foxes escape and our poor ganders suffer aristo pierced with his own misery had no heart or head to enter into the semi-political ideas of jucundus who continued yes it's no good the empire's coming to pieces mark my words i told you so if those beasts were let alone they have been let alone remedies are too late decius will do no good no one's safe farewell my friends i am going like poor dear callista i shall be in prison and like her find myself dumb ah yes callista how did you find her oh dear sweet suffering girl cried her brother yes indeed answered jucundus yes meditatively she is a dear sweet suffering girl i thought he might perhaps have taken her off that was my hope he was so set upon hearing where she was whether she could be got out it struck me he had made the best of his way to her she could do anything with him and she loved him she did i'm convinced of it nothing shall convince me otherwise bring them together i said and they will rush into each other's arms but they're bewitched the whole world's bewitched mark my words i have an idea who is at the bottom of this oh groaned out aristo 
i care not for top or bottom i care not for the whole world or for anything at all but callista if you could have seen the dear patient sufferer and the poor fellow burst into a flood of tears oh, but bear up bear up said jucundus who by this time was considerably better show yourself a man my dear aristo these things must be they are the lot of human nature you remember what the tragedian says uh stay no it's the comedian it's menander to orcus and erebus with all the tragedy and comedy that ever was spouted exclaimed aristo can you do nothing for me can't you give me a crumb of consolation or sympathy encouragement or suggestion i am a stranger in the country and so is this dear sister of mine whom i was so proud of and who has been so good and kind and gentle and sweet she loved me so much she never grudged me anything she let me do just what i would with her come here go there it was just as i would there we were two orphans together ten years since when i was double her age she wished to stay in greece but she came to this detestable africa all for me she would be gay and bright when i would have her so she had no will of her own and she set her heart upon nothing and was pleased anywhere she had not an enemy in the world i protest she is worth all the gods and goddesses that ever were hatched and here in this ill-omened africa the evil eye has looked at her and she thinks herself a christian when she is just as much a hippogriff or a chimera well but aristo said jucundus i was going to tell you who is at the bottom of it callista's mad agellius is mad juba is mad and strabo was mad but it was his wife old goethe that drove him mad and there i think is the beginning of our troubles oh come in come in cornelius he cried seeing his roman friend outside and relapsing for the moment into his lugubrious tone come in cornelius and give us some comfort if you can well this is like a friend i know if you can help me you will cornelius answered that he was going back to carthage in a day or two and came to embrace him and had hoped to have a parting supper before he went that's kind answered jucundus but first tell me all about this dreadful affair for you are in the secrets of the capital have they any clue what has become of my poor agellius cornelius had not heard of the young man's troubles and was full of consternation at the news what agellius really a christian he said and at such a moment why i thought you talked of some young lady who was to keep him in order she's a christian too replied jucundus and a silence ensued it's a bad world he continued she's imprisoned by the triumviri what will be the end of it cornelius shook his head and looked mysterious you don't mean it said jucundus not anything so dreadful i do trust cornelius not the stake cornelius still looked gloomy and pompous nothing in the way of torture he went on not the rack or the pitchfork it's a bad business on your own showing said cornelius it's a bad business can you do nothing for us cornelius cried aristo the great people in carthage are your friends 
oh cornelius i'd do anything for you i'd be your slave she's no more a christian than great jove she has nothing about her of the cut not a shred of her garment or a turn of her hair she's a greek from head to foot within and without she's as bright as the day no oh, we have no friends here dear callista you'll be lost because you are a foreigner and the passionate youth began to tear his hair oh cornelius he continued if you can do anything for us oh she shall sing and dance to you she shall come and kneel down to you and embrace your knees and kiss your feet as i do cornelius and he knelt down and would have taken hold of cornelius's beard cornelius had never been addressed with so poetical a ceremonial which nevertheless he received with awkwardness indeed but with satisfaction i hear from you he said with pomposity that your sister is in prison on suspicion of christianity the case is a simple one let her swear by the genius of the emperor and she is free let her refuse it and the law must take its course and he made a slight bow well but she is under a delusion persisted aristo which cannot last long she says distinctly that she is not a christian is not that decisive but then she won't burn incense she won't swear by rome she tells me she does not believe in jupiter nor i can anything be more senseless it is the act of a madwoman i say my girl the question is are you to be brought to shame are you to die by the public sword die in torments oh i shall go mad as well as she he screamed out she was so clever so witty so sprightly so imaginative so versatile why there's nothing she couldn't do she could model paint play on the lyre sing act she could work with the needle she could embroider she made this girdle for me it's all that agellius it's agellius i beg your pardon jucundus but it is and he threw himself on the ground and rolled in the dust i have been telling our young friend said jucundus to cornelius to exert self-control and to recollect menander ne quid nimis grieving does no good but these young fellows it's no use at all speaking to them do you think you could do anything for us cornelius why answered cornelius since i have been here i have fallen in with a very sensible man and a man of remarkably sound political opinions he has a great reputation he is called polemo and is one of the professors at the mercury he seems to me to go to the root of these subjects and i'm surprised how well we agreed he's a greek as well as this young gentleman's sister i should recommend him to go to polemo if any one could disabuse her mind it is he true true cried aristo starting up but no you can do it better you have power with government the proconsul will listen to you the magistrates are afraid of him they don't wish to touch the poor girl not they but there's such a noise everywhere and so much ill-blood and so many spies and informers and so much mistrust but why should it come upon callista why should she be a sacrifice but you'd oblige the doomvirs as much as me in getting her out of the scrape but what good would it do if they took her dear life 
only get us the respite of a month the delusion would vanish in a month get two months if you can or as long as you can you know perhaps they would let us steal out of the country and no one the wiser and no harm to any one it was a bad job our coming here we know nothing at rome of feelings and intentions and motives and distinctions said cornelius and we know nothing of understandings connivances and evasions we go by facts rome goes by facts the question is what is the fact does she burn incense or does she not does she worship the ass or does she not however we'll see what can be done and so he went on informing the pair of mourners that as far as his influence extended he would do something in behalf both of agellius and callista End of chapter twenty six